to a Bezudashim. I had a heat orut. I was moved to record something on my drive. And I've been really working out a certain concept in Torah. Having to do with this very deep concept, very deep technical concept that I think, though, has very relatable applications. So for the purpose of this recording, I think I'll actually start with the, with the analogy, with the mushal first, before getting to the nimshal, before getting to the thing it refers to. is that when we think about learning, and not just Torah learning, but the process of learning, the process of mental development, something very amazing and fascinating happens where a person is gathering knowledge after knowledge, piece of knowledge after piece of knowledge, concept after concept, truth after truth, And he's building a mental structure in his overall awareness. In Hebrew, it's called the hashkafa, his overall outlook on the world. So from a young age, we're we're mainly learning very basic concepts. Basic in the sense that they're the basis. Not that they're not deep, but what are the colors? What are the shapes? What is English? How do you... how do you read basic sentences? And then we go on to what's right and wrong. And how do you talk to people? And, you know, what are your habits? When do you brush your teeth? You know, we learn these things and that we say they're basic. We say they're basic. But understand that the basic is not a term of insult or lesser value it just means a basis it means a basis it means a foundation upon which more and more specialized knowledge can be built upon that basis and right right away we are astounded at the tragedy whereby many 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 people don't even have the most basic basis of knowledge that there is a God, that there really is only God, that we're required to do right and wrong, that we're not just evolved from monkeys, that this world is not just an accident. I mean, these are the most basic bases of knowledge that can exist. Even if for a child, a child starts talking and they have some sort of awareness, we start, to, we, you know, they're four or five years old, we teach them there is a Hashem, we teach them the Shema, we teach them Shema Yisrael Adonai Elohim Adonai Echad. We teach them Torah Tzivalana Moshe with Morash Kilas Yaakov. The first verse that we teach a young child, even before Shema, is that Moshe gave the Torah. That the Torah is godly. And that it's all from Hashem. You know, and we're crying inside. We're upset. We're very sad that that's the basis of everything. The most basic truth that there's a divine Torah and Hashem told us how to live. 
and gave us advice on every situation, how to live, and it's all a divine transmission, that has been taken away from us, from most, for, a, for I think, a majority of Jewish people alive today. It's very sad. It's very sad, but it's something we have to deal with. The darkest times before Mashiach, the most basic, fundamental premise of how to think even more basic than what are the shapes and what are the colors and what is addition and subtraction and what are social norms, etc. But the even the basis before that, that there is a divine Torah, that all knowledge is really rooted in a divine instruction, a divine advice, that has been taken away. So we're astounded by that and we feel lucky and so blessed that we're the ones who have been saved from that nightmarish existence where we don't have the most fundamental truth whereupon which every other piece of knowledge is built on a gaping abyss God forbid God forbid but this idea of this idea whereby a person every day every moment is learning and taking in new information and with the proper guidance from the Torah, he's not just he's not just encountering moment after moment in a haphazard way with no order and no purpose. Rather, every moment, Rebbe Nachman says in I forget which Torah. The thing about Rebbe Nachman is. His Torahs are extremely deep. They're the deepest of the deep. And they're an experience when you learn them. Rabbi Nachman. Rabbeinu Nachman of Breslov. And Lakut Me'aran. And for some reason, for me and for many people, his statements are the ones that constantly stick with you. You find yourself always referencing, coming back to a sentence, a phrase that Rabbi Nachman said phrase after phrase they just stick with you for some reason and the answer and the reason is is because what i've learned is he was the one who came to bring teachings and he wasn't just teaching for his students in the 1800s he was really teaching us in 2020 so his teachings are the ones that stick the most because they feel the most relevant because they were the most relevant so one of the things rabbi nachman always said and is brought in his sefer is that every moment Hashem, the Creator, is sending hints, Ramazim, is sending hints to a person in the thoughts that pop into his head based on the situations that he's in, those thoughts that come to his head are, he, he doesn't, God forbid, he's not a crazy person if he is learning Torah. If he's not learning Torah and he thinks that every thought that comes to him is a, is a voice from God, then yeah, he's going to quickly go off the rails. If he is learning Torah, means that he has been struggling and striving to spend as much time as he possibly can to understand what is the truth. How does the universe work? How is it built? What is it for? Where is it going? What is right? What is wrong? If he is always learning Torah as well and getting the truth from his teachers, from the righteous, 
and it's not just his own imaginations, then within that extremely curated, set up mindset that he's building from learning of Torah constantly, within that framework, then also the thoughts that come to that individual on a moment-by-moment basis can be interpreted correctly as the message from Hashem of this special learning and the special new mental, spiritual development that the Creator is preparing for him. Moment by moment, the Creator is teaching that soul something new that they need to know, that they need to learn, either to improve their character or just to know something even deeper about Hashem. Because the whole purpose of this world, as the Zohar says, is to begin the Ishtamodin way. The whole reason Hashem created the world is it's a giant classroom. The world is a giant classroom to learn deeper and deeper the concept of the unity of the Creator in all possible in all possible ways. The whole purpose of this world is a giant classroom to understand how Hashem can be one in so many infinite varieties of experience. Therefore, when the person has the proper, not just Torah education, but non-stop, non-ending Torah project of always learning it and understanding it deeper and deeper, by that practice, he is constantly sharpening and sharpening and deepening and deepening and intensifying his grasp of the, the true ways that existence functions, the true parameters of what is moral, what is right and wrong. Thereby, he has a deeper and deeper perception to receive the communication in every moment. That every moment, Rabbi Nachman says, the creator, that, that the meaning of each moment, the actual, like if you want to know what is a moment, what is moment A versus moment B versus moment C, the definition of what is moment A versus moment B versus moment C is that the definition of that is that each different moment is a different way that Hashem takes His infinite light and places it into a unique constriction to make a unique presentation to you, the soul, in a way that no soul has ever experienced before, to teach you a unique lesson about His unity. That is the definition of moment A versus moment B versus moment C until the end of time. And, and we pray deeply that all of our brothers and sisters and all people will get to a place where they are living with that awareness. So the question arises right away. Well, I'm talking. Me, myself. Right now I'm talking. So if I'm talking and I'm not listening to my own thoughts, then am I violating the practice of listening to Hashem in the moment? If every moment is a communication from Hashem, which is a new idea, maybe I should close my mouth and stop talking. But, but, no, it's not true. The verses say in Kohelet, there's a time to speak and there's a time to be quiet. And at this moment, I had, a, I had a, an arousal to speak. Because when I'm speaking, when I'm speaking, I'm listening. 
the reason I do these podcasts for anyone who's listening, the reason I do them is I'm learning while I do them. It's you're listening to me learn. And I do them because I happen to find the things that I want to understand more interesting and more relevant than usually what anyone else has to say. And that's just the truth. God forbid to say I don't receive from rabbis. I'm saying the learning, my own personal learning, my own individualistic learning, though, is something that is deepest for me because, you know, I've recently seen... I've known this before, but... There's a, there's a Mishnah. There's a Mishnah in Masechet Chayiga that it is forbidden to teach Maisei Bereshis in public. It's forbidden to teach the secrets of creation except to one person on an individual level. And what's called Maisei Merkava, the work of the chariot, you can't even teach to anyone. You can only give over basic hidden messages, hints, and the person has to figure it out for themselves. But the tzaddikim of Izbitz and Razin, the Meishilach v'chule, they say, no, everyone still has to learn Maisei Merkava. Merkava, the chariot, Merkava means harchavot, means compoundings. To learn Maisei Merkava, you have to do it privately, alone, what it means is that you can't teach it to someone else because what it is is the unique experience of each person as a unique individual understanding how Hashem's light is compounded into this world. How Hashem's light in a unique way for him versus her versus them in his own unique way experiences how Hashem is one with his situation. Merkava means the compounding of higher spiritual levels into lower spiritual levels, ultimately into the physical world. That is an individual, unique experience. You can't teach it to anyone else. Each person has to figure it out for themselves. How is Hashem uniquely found in his situation? So when I'm doing these podcasts and these recordings... And I, I do learn from other people. I do, of course, learn from other people. But then I try to take everything I've learned from other people and synthesize it and integrate it myself in my own unique way. So again, though, if every moment, if every moment is a unique communication from Hashem, then maybe I should shut my mouth and listen rather than talk. But the answer is no. When I'm talking, I'm listening. When I'm speaking out these ideas and investigating and looking inside my own storehouses of what I've learned so far and trying to draw out new understandings by integrating, connecting these different points of knowledge, trying to create a parts of, trying to create an all-encompassing order and sequence by which all the different concepts merge together, meld together, coalesce together into a unified understanding where all the different points of the knowledge come together to express one great idea, that's what I'm trying to do right now. So the tzaddikim, the verses say, A person doesn't talk. 
A person prepares his heart to speak, but the words that come forth from his tongue, he's coming from Hashem. Hashem says that to Moses in the in the Torah in Exodus. Mi sam pela adam, hello ani. Who puts the mouth in the person means who actually talks through your mouth. It's Hashem. It's Hashem. God forbid people who profane their power of speech and they speak profane, pointless conversations all day, or even worse, they profane their speech with profanity and lewd speech and angry words. That is a that is a directly the tzaddikim make it very clear to us that person is taking the divine power of speech, which is called malchut peh, Torah shabbat peh karina laws called malchut peh, the malchut the shechina kadosha that shechina divine presence is gematria safa the lips because it's the expression of thought outwards, the person takes. His power of speech, whereas, whereas that's the place where the Creator enters our world through human speech. And He degrades it. This is the worst thing in the world. This is the worst thing in the world. It's literally sending the Divine Presence into the husks. The, the, the effusion of light of the Divine Presence that mainly comes into this world through human speech. And He defiles His speech. He's he is literally taking the light of the divine presence and throwing it into the dungeon, God forbid. And worse, God forbid. So when I'm speaking, I'm listening to those hints. It's just a form of me listening. Sometimes I need to listen. When I'm not ready to talk, I don't talk. I try that when I'm not ready to talk, I don't talk. That's what I try to do. If I'm not prepared yet, if I know that I... I'm not yet ready to investigate the idea through speaking it out myself and drawing out the idea that is within a world of truth that has existed before my soul was ever formed, but that my soul is is struggling to integrate into itself, into its own receiving vessel. Once I've struggled to integrate it into my own receiving vessel by listening and not talking, then when I feel it's right, I start to talk, and by talking, the city can say this is true. When you talk, this is called Maim Amukim Ish Deep waters are in the heart of a person, and a man of Tavuna, a man of analysis, tries to draw it forth. The city can say how? By talking it out. By talking out, by talking it out, you draw out the different points and you connect the dots and you create a structure of understanding by trying to talk it out, specifically by trying to communicate it. But circling back to finish this up, when we're constantly every moment learning from Hashem something new, based on the parameters that we're actually listening to the messages, within the context, within the context of always learning the Torah so that we're not living in a fantasy, but we're listening to the message within the context of the truth. Everything we learn in the books from experience, all these pieces of knowledge, they integrate. They they gather and they add to our overall awareness of life. Just like a child who's learning very basic things. How do you talk to people? How do you not talk to people? 
What is this letter? What is this color? What is breakfast? What is dinner? What What is Hashem? What is the Torah? And he's learning the basics. He has his foundations. But upon that foundation, every moment we're learning something new if we're paying attention. And we're just constantly adding to that foundation. And what the Siddiquim are saying, and this is something I've been trying to work out, is as we're building on that foundation, so most of it remains in a hidden place in like what you might call a superconscious. Like a person, let's just say for hypothetically has learned 5 billion pieces of information of truth it's possible there's a lot there's a lot of information in that mind person's learned a lot of things and he's experienced a lot of things moment after moment after moment after moment and all that he has perceived and all that he has integrated into his overall conscious awareness he would uh, he would he would instantly lose his mind if he was always consciously aware of all that information at one time he'd go crazy he'd go crazy so the brain is a filter the brain is a filter that selects what of all that i've learned goes up in a way in a higher superconscious realm where i'm not immediately aware of it all the time versus it selects on the other hand what pieces and portions of that mindset are am I going to be consciously aware of when I attack and approach a new piece of information let's say somebody's learning the laws of kashrut so there's a million different aspects to kashrut let's say that he's already learned and there's there's 10 billion more that he hasn't learned okay so he's learned 10 million things about kashrut Now, when he goes to learn the next point, point one million and one, he's doing so through the lens of the million things he already knows. All million of them. However, the brain says 900,000 of these points are going to be in play, but from a very hidden, super conscious place. And 100,000 of them are going to be a little bit more aware. And only, let's say, 10 of them are, is he actually going to apply to understand this new point? To understand this is very, very interesting and deep. The way that the brain knows and remembers everything that has ever been learned is storing all of it. And then most interestingly, selects specifically which tiny portion of all the things that I already know, am I going to apply to when I'm going in to investigate a new piece of information? Because a person does different things throughout the day. At some points in the day, he's learning Torah. At other points in the day, he's talking to people. At other points in the day, he's working. At other points in the day, he's solving a problem. At other points of the day, he's making a purchase with the online purchase. person does so many different things. Hopefully, he is getting smarter and smarter and more intelligent in the way that he organizes his behavior and activities. 
But all the ways that he's prior learned how to properly organize his behavior and activities, which is everything he knows, it's all there stored in the deep recesses of his mind. And then when he goes to do that activity again, oh, once again, he's going to have a conversation with someone in a skillful way. So then he goes and he activates from the recesses, how do I have a skilled conversation? And even there, he's not consciously activating the 10 billion pieces of intelligent conversation lessons. He's right now only activating a certain tiny subsection having to do with intelligent conversation in working out a conflict between family members from this part of the family, right? So the brain goes into its recesses of everything it knows and then it does a selection, a bureau, it does a selection where it selects exactly which part of my overall mental map am I going to activate right now, bring down to my conscious to actually utilize right now to hopefully do even better at this task, which I've learned how to do before. And from all that I've learned through experience, I'm going to do a similar version of this task even better. These two specific family members have had a conflict for 10 years. And over 10 years, I've tried to make peace with them. And at the beginning of it, I was very unskillful. But over 10 years, I've learned more and more specifically how to address a conflict between these two specific individuals. So what I've learned about making conflict between these two specific individuals over 10 years is embedded in my mind within the larger context of in general solving conflicts between people which is embedded in an even deeper concept of in general how to communicate and so on and the depth of all this of how the brain one stores everything it ever has learned two at every moment is making amazingly deep interesting selections of which precise part of my mental map am I going to pull down and use to address this specific situation? 3.3, that deeply, deeply is similar to how Hashem runs the world. Amazing, amazing. That opens up a whole new vista because what that means is that, basically put, basically put it's as if Hashem designed a universe that is also learning obviously obviously Hashem knows everything he created this universe obviously he knows every single tiny particular about it because it's quote unquote his brainchild it, he made it he, there's nothing there's nothing that he, that is hidden from him there's nothing that's hidden from him he made it all and he's actively engaged in it, so to speak, all the time. But what is it? What is the creation? You know, I just recently saw again, thank God, a very beautiful statement from the Ramchal where the Ramchal says, you should know that there are four co- concepts. Creation, mitzvot, reward, and punishment, they're all one thing. Creation is mitzvot, is reward, is punishment. We're living in a living, breathing space that's developing. 
And this living, breathing space of creation that's developing is, so to speak, fixing itself. That's the creation the the Creator made. And it's nothing... It's ultimately what it is, is the realm of the souls coming to enlightenment. And as a collective soul of Adam Arishon, as a collective soul of Adam, which is the main driver of this creation, we're in a collective learning process. And in this collective learning process, the mechanics of it are tracking the way we just described how different individuals are learning and then applying their knowledge. That after so many thousands of years of history, so much has been learned in the collective awareness. So much has been learned in the collective awareness. And so, when the collective humanity then goes forth to tackle new challenges, we are doing so with the benefit of standing on the shoulders of giants, with the benefit of all that people have collectively learned throughout thousands of years. And it's not just that each person within his own individualistic consciousness is taking everything he has learned and then his brain is able to select specifically which tiny specific portion of his mental map is he going to apply to approach this unique situation but his his consciousness is really then embedded in the overall human awareness which quickly boggles the mind and thereby the purpose of all that people have been through for these thousands of years is to keep building up that collective awareness so that we can tackle skillfully deeper and deeper challenges as it says at the footstep at the foothills of Mashiach at the very last moments of history brazenness and evil will multiply and intensify like never before so we are required to to utilize every bit of collective learning, collective experience that humans have ever learned to tackle these last challenges. We gotta we have to pull it all together to face off these last bits of darkness. I mean